Hello everyone and welcome to JTalk Extra Time, all of the latest J2 and J3 news coming your way uh, for the next 50 minutes or so as usual. I'm John Steele, taking care of part one of the pod for this week, and we are going to start our roundup with the Levant Cup because there were two more group stage games involving our J2 participants last midweek. So the group stage has reached round four, and for Jubilo Iwata, they played well but ended up losing 1-0 at home to Yokohama Marinos uh, last midweek with four defeats from four matches. That means that Iwata are officially eliminated. They have no mathematical chance of reaching the next round. Things were even worse on Wednesday night for Shimizu Espulse as they were crushed 6-0 away at Kawasaki Frontale. At the moment, uh, after four games, Shimizu are actually bottom of their group on goal difference, but that's a tight, uh, tight group of four teams. It is possible uh, that Shimizu could potentially sneak into the next round but it does look unlikely so that they will uh, probably exit the group stage as well one thing in Shimizu's favor is that both of their remaining group stage games are at home they face a uh, Shonan and uh, Urawa at Nihon Daira but I think we can uh, we can probably assume well Iwata are definitely out at the group stage and uh, Shimizu have their uh, their work cut out to, to try and make it through to the knockout uh, round Okay, with the Levan Cup uh, taken care of then, let's talk about J2. Uh, I'm going to talk about the games from Friday and Saturday last weekend uh, in round uh, 11. So there was one game on Friday night, April the 21st, and it turned out to be an explosive start to the J2 weekend. It finished Kumamoto 2 Jeff Chiba 2 at Egao Kenko Stadium. Four goals in the game, including a penalty in the 99th minute. Kumamoto, the home side, started well and nearly took the lead early on. Jeff's keeper, Shota Arai, did brilliantly to tip an effort from Rei Hirakawa onto the crossbar. Despite being on the back foot for most of the first half, though, Jeff were in front at half-time thanks to a 40th-minute goal from Shunsuke Nishikubo, who headed in a corner from Taishi Taguchi. Um, Jeff then doubled their lead on the hour with a well-constructed counter-attack, which ended with Naoki Tsubaki rolling in a low cross from Kazuki Tanaka from about 12 yards. So Jeff are two goals to the good, but things got interesting in the 70th minute when Kumamoto pulled a goal back. Takuro Ezaki's shot, taking a deflection off Iki Arai and looping over the keeper and into the net. And then came the last gasp drama. Seven minutes of stoppage time was indicated at the end of the second half. Right at the end of that, Jeff midfielder Yusuke Kobayashi um, inexplicably handled the ball uh, inside the penalty area. Not sure what he was uh, thinking. And uh, yes, Shohei Aihara converted the spot kick. And that made it Kumamoto 2, Jeff Chiba 2 in the 99th minute. So an exciting game. Kumamoto extend their recent unbeaten run, whereas for Jeff, well, they remain in 20th place, a point outside the drop zone. There were five J2 games in round 11 on Saturday last week, April the 22nd. So let's start at the NAC 5, where it finished Omiya nil, Shimizu 3. Three wins in four matches for Shimizu now, who are suddenly 10th in the table. Shimizu made a great start to this game, and the opening 50 minutes saw the Omiya goalie Takashi Kasahara called into action numerous times. I think the pick of his saves was probably a superb close-range stop from Thiago Santana. A goal for Shimizu seemed inevitable, and it came in the 20th minute when Takashi Inui headed in a right-wing cross from Takeru Kishimoto at the far post. So Shimizu 1-0 up at half-time. Ten minutes into the second half, the visitors extended their lead from another Kishimoto cross, Thiago Santana headed against the crossbar and uh, Carlinos Jr. was quickest to react and he volleyed the ball into the net from close range. Shimizu topped off the win with a third goal, three minutes from full time on the counter-attack. Kasahara got down well to block a shot from Koya Kitagawa, but Yuta Kamiya was on hand to tuck home the loose ball at close range to make the final score Omiya nil, Shimizu 3. Uh, Shimizu, by the way, made 11 changes to their starting lineup um, for this game from the 6-0 defeat at Kawasaki in the Levan Cup in midweek, and it didn't do them any harm. They look uh, transformed under Tadahiro Akiba, so uh, yeah, their their uh, kind of bandwagon is uh, is rolling on. Omiya are now on three straight defeats, and that drops them down to 17th in the table. There was a big, uh, important win for Kofu at home to Machida, the leaders, on Saturday. It finished Kofu 1, Machida nil at the JIT Recycle Inc. Stadium. Kofu are up to fourth, uh, now just three points behind Machida, who are still top, but are, are wobbling a little bit. They've only won one of their last four games. 
It looked like this match was going to be nil-nil at half-time, and Pita Utaka for Kofu had missed a glorious chance to open the scoring when he headed a good chance straight at the goalkeeper. Moments after that miss, though, it was Utaka who brilliantly uh, finished off a slick passing move to give Kofu the lead. That was in the 41st minute. Kazushi Mitsuhira's pass into the penalty area was cleverly flicked back to Sho Araki by Junma Miyazaki. And uh, Araki could have taken a shot, but he uh, just rolled the ball to Utaka for a simple tap-in. So a brilliant team goal. And that proved to be the winner. In the last 20 minutes, Kofu keeper Kohei Kawata was the star man. He made a string of fine saves to preserve Kofu's 1-0 lead. Uh, the best one probably taken off to his left and to keep out a, a header. But uh, yeah, Kofu won. Machu de Nil was the final score. Another great win for Kofu that keeps them uh, ticking over nicely. And I think we can say that Machida uh, are wobbling a little bit for the first time uh, this season. As mentioned, just one win in four now for the leaders. At City Light Stadium, it finished Okayama 1, Yamaguchi 1, yet another draw for Okayama, their 8th in 11 games this season. Yamaguchi, meanwhile, are down in 17th place, I think, and they don't have a win in any of their last four matches. In this game, Okayama took the lead in the 11th minute with a thunderbolt from the edge of the penalty area from Thiago Alves. Uh, he was heading away from goal, but somehow managed to generate a tremendous power to fire a left-footed shot right into the top corner of Daisuke Yoshimitsu's goal to make it 1-0. But just six minutes later, it was 1-1 thanks to an own goal from Okayama centre-back Yasutaka Yanagi when Keigo Numata tried his luck with a shot from about 20 yards. The ball ricocheted off Yanagi's chest and passed the goalkeeper Daiki Hotta to make it 1-1. Late on in the second half, Yamaguchi nearly took the lead when Yuan Matsuhashi burst into the penalty area. He seemed to have a claim for a penalty as he was uh, kind of knocked over, but he managed to get the ball through to Taiyo Igarashi and his shot was deflected away from a corner. Meanwhile, at the other end, Thiago Alves went close to winning it for Okayama with a header, but he flashed it just wide of the post. And at right at the end, uh, referee Yoshimi Yamashita infuriated the Yamaguchi players by blowing for full time just as, they, just as they'd been awarded a corner. Uh, but yeah, that was the full time uh, full time whistle and the full time score. Okayama won, Yamaguchi won. Uh, one of the most explosive games of the weekend came at the Transcosmos Stadium. It finished Nagasaki 4 or Akita 2. Akita had only conceded 5 goals in their 10 games before this, but let in 4 in the first half against the Nagasaki team, who are looking uh, rampant at the moment. With just 2 minutes on the clock, Nagasaki took the lead. A great ball into the box from Clayson, freed Masaru Kato, and his low cross was met by Juanma Delgado. Now, Juanma's shot was saved, but the loose ball was swept in by Tsubasa Kasayanagi for his uh, first ever J-League goal. On the half hour, it was 2-0. Juanma heading in a volleyed cross from the left from the impressive uh, Clayson. Uh, Juanma being played on side by uh, Kaito Abe uh, in the Akita centre-back position. Akita are a decent side though, as we know, and they pulled the goal back with a swift counter-attack just five minutes later. Shota Aoki's uh, pass across the box was loose, but it was tucked in off the post by uh, Yukihito Kajia, and it was a first J-League goal for him as well. But two more goals in first half stoppage time put Nagasaki in complete control of this game. Firstly, the ball dropped uh, inside the penalty area nicely for Kazuki Kushibiki to sweep in from about 10 yards. Uh, Kushibiki on a hot streak at the moment. He scored twice away at Tokushima uh, in the last round. Then a long ball from virtually his own penalty area from Shunya Yoneda sent Juanma racing clean through and he confidently beat Kentaro Kakoi in the Akita goal for 4-1. In the second half, Akita did pull a goal back late on in the 86th minute with Shion Niwa diverting the ball in from about 6 yards but the, the damage had been done in the first half and it finished Nagasaki 4, Akita 2. Akita down to 8th in the table now, slipping slightly whereas Nagasaki are in 3rd. They have 6 wins from their last 7 matches and they're just 3 points off the top. Uh, Fabio Carrile doing a, a brilliant job uh, at Nagasaki at the moment. Uh, last but certainly not least on Saturday, Montedio Yamagata finally ended their losing streak of eight matches. Uh, they won 2-1 away at Tokyo Verdi in the capital uh, in round 11. Yamagata started very confidently in this game and went ahead uh, just three minutes in when a low right-wing cross from Zane Isaka was tucked away by Takumi Yamada at the far post. After that, Verdi's goalkeeper Matthias was busy making saves to keep Yamagata out again, including an absolutely brilliant stop uh, from a Yusuke Goto shot. Uh, the Brazilian keeper managed to tip his shot onto the woodwork very acrobatically. 
At the start of the second half, uh, Verdi pressed for an equaliser. They nearly got it when Yuji Kitajima, who was on as a half-time sub, hit the post with a kind of improvised overhead kick. It's a bit difficult to describe, but it was a good try. Yamagata, though, went 2-0 up on a counter-attack midway through the second half. Wataru Tanaka sent Yoshiki Fujimoto racing clean through, and their goalkeeper Matias did brilliantly to block Fujimoto's initial shot, but Fujimoto himself was able to react quickest and poke the ball home. So 2-0 to Yamagata uh, midway through the second half. Verdi did pull a goal back in the 81st minute thanks to a penalty. Byron Vasquez was clearly uh, pulled down by Taiji Yoshida in the penalty area, and it was Kitajima who stepped up to tuck away the spot kick. But uh, no further goals, and it finished Tokyo Verdi 1, Yamagata 2. Yamagata, by the way, gave a J-League debut to 27-year-old goalkeeper Ko Hasegawa, who uh, yeah, was uh, formerly a, a Verdi, uh, was on the books at Tokyo Verdi, so a happy, happy return and happy J-League debut for him. Uh, Verdi are still in fifth place in the table, but they're out of form just at the moment. They've lost three of the last four. I'm sure everybody at Yamagata is uh, feeling really good about things uh, after finally breaking that, that losing streak this week. They're still in the drop zone, but uh, now they've won a game, um, they'll be hoping to go on a run and uh, move up the table. Okay, that's all for the Levan Cup and Friday and Saturday J2 action for me. I think after a quick uh, break for some music, James Taylor's going to take over. He has all of the J2 action from Sunday. And then, yeah, James and I uh, had a conversation to record about the round of J2 games after that. And uh, yes, there's J3 uh, topics as well with Mike Innes coming up in the J Talk Short Corner segment. So that's all from me for now. Uh, here comes James with the Sunday J2 action. J Talk Extra Time. Thanks, John. James Taylor here to round up Sunday's matches, starting with a hugely entertaining back-and-forth affair between Fujieda My FC and Big Alta Sendai. After a fairly even first half, Fujieda were gifted the lead right before the break, when Sendai keeper Akihiro Hayashi came way out of his area to deal with a long ball, bumped into the defender also trying to deal with the ball, and gifted Ryo Watanabe his eighth goal of the season. A triple substitution by Sendai manager Akira Ito had an instant impact just after the hour mark. Masato Nakayama stealing in at the near post to score his first of the season from good work by fellow substitute Ryunosuke Sagara. Two minutes later, Sendai were ahead when Everton played a loose ball for Yuta Goke to run onto and dink past the keeper. Fujieda pushed forward and equalised in the 86th minute when Watanabe intercepted a pass in midfield and found Tojiro Kubo free on the right to shoot powerfully past Hayashi. Immediately after that, Hayashi made a good point-blank save from a header, but in the third minute of stoppage time, a long ball forward was headed on by a Fujieda player into the Sendai box. Ken Yamura controlled it and shot past Hayashi from a tight angle to win it for Fujieda. 3-2 the final score, a result that leaves Sendai in 14th, but sees Fujieda move up to 6th, unbeaten in 4, 3 wins on the trot. Jubilo Iwata completed a successful weekend for Shizuoka teams in J2 as they came away with three points from their encounter with Tsuegen Kanazawa. Iwata went ahead in the 10th minute when Hiroki Yamada converted a penalty. Kanazawa's Keita Fujimura miscontrolled the ball on the edge of his own area, then, in attempting to recover, made slight contact with Yamada in the act of shooting. Dudu saw a free kick tipped onto the bar by Tsuegen keeper Yuto Shirai and a shot from the resulting corner also saved well. But Iwata got a second just before half-time, Kaito Suzuki tapping in from six yards. Kanazawa's Honoya Shoji pulled one back early in the second half with a near-post header from a corner, and Masamichi Hayashi and Kyohei Sugiura both had headed chances. After that, it was the Shirai show as he saved one-on-one -on -one chances on several occasions, but it finished Kanazawa 1, Iwata 2. Iwata are now 9th, and Kanazawa are 11th. Second place Oita Trinita suffered consecutive losses for the first time this season as they were beaten 1-0 at home by Mito Hollyhock. The goal was perhaps slightly fortunate as Oita gave the ball away near their own area and Fumia Unoki's deflected shot was headed by Fumia Sugiura into the net on 54 minutes. Oita struggled to get shots on target in this one although they did see a header from Tomoya Ando well saved by Louis Yamaguchi. Mito had two late chances, one cleared off the line and one saved by Konosuke Nishikawa. They move up to 15th, four points clear of relegation. Oita remain one point behind leaders Machida. Tochigi SC picked up an important 1-0 win against Iwaki FC thanks to a goal in the second minute from Hayato Fukushima, who headed in a free kick from the right. 
Toshikimori, Kishoyano and Wataru Hiramatsu all went close for Tochigi in the first half. The latter in particular should have scored with a free header from six yards. In the second half, Yuto Yamada forced two good saves from uh, Toru Takagiwa, while Shuhei Kawata in the Tochigi goal was rarely called upon. Tochigi move above Iwaki in the table. They're 16th with Iwaki in 19th. And finally, Tokushima Vortis travelled to Zaspaksatsguma looking for their first win. They almost took the lead in the 7th minute, but three Gumma defenders combined to make a series of goal line clearances. Gumma's Kazuma Okamoto hit the post, and Gumma's Masatoshi Kushibiki made a series of good close range saves. Motoki Nagakura also hit the post for Gumma, and in stoppage time, Tokushima defender Kaka cleared a header off the line. Somehow, this one finished goalless. Gumma slipped to 7th, and Tokushima remained rooted to the bottom with 6 points. That's it for part two. In a moment, you'll hear me chatting to John. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, John and James here to uh, chat a little bit about some of the big talking points from the J2 weekend, uh, round 11. James, how are you doing? Are you, you all right tonight? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, John. Um, quite looking forward to these uh, games we're going to talk about. Some some pretty entertaining stuff happened at the weekend. Yes, yes, that's right. I'm sure your anticipation was heightened by me being uh, late for the recording, uh, as as per usual, uh, James. So apolog- <laughs> apologies for that. Let's uh, let's make up for for lost time. So the the first game we're gonna uh, we're gonna call in on uh, in this chat is Nagasaki four Akita two. I mean, there's loads to talk about, especially from the first half of this game. Uh, James, obviously Akita, you know, one of the things we always say is the defence is very solid, only five conceded in the first 10 rounds, but then they they let in four in the first half, didn't they, against Nagasaki, who um, I I resisted the urge in my notes to say they blitzed Akita, because that's, um, you know, a bit too too on the nose, but Nagasaki were rampant, uh, weren't they? What what did you make of this game, and and what what did you want to pick out for, for the listeners from Nagasaki for Akita 2? Um, I'll start with Nagasaki. Um, I thought this was a, another really, or obviously a really impressive attacking display from them. I think Daniel Kuroda tweeted it was the first time they've ever scored four goals in consecutive games, um, which is you know a tremendous achievement, especially against a team, as you say, that had only conceded five in the previous ten rounds. And I, actually, I looked, they'd only conceded four or more in a game three times since they came up to J2, Akita. So, like, the... the, the, the that's a great achievement from Nagasaki to put four past them in the first half. I thought Kyle Cesar was really, really good. Uh, he's making tackles all over the pitch, breaking up Akita's attacks, starting Nagasaki attacks. Later on, he was actually getting involved in the box. He, he almost set one up and he almost scored himself. Um, Tsubasa Kasayanganagi looks like quite a good talent, one to watch for Nagasaki. And um, Kazuki Kushibiki was impressive. Clayson was instrumental in three of the four goals out on the left wing. And one, I, I, I was particularly interested that uh, Juan Manuel Delgado was captain. I hadn't noticed if he's been captain earlier this season, but I thought it was interesting given his reputation and uh, what we talked about, one of his hissy fits earlier in the season. Mm. I think he seems like he's mostly toned that sort of thing down over the last few weeks. He's putting in a lot of hard work without too many of the unnecessary extras, although there was some sneaky time wasting later on, which um, I'm sure will, will have annoyed a lot of people. Also defensively, he was really good. When when Akita had set pieces or, you know, long throws and stuff, which they, they're quite effective from, he was there clearing stuff up. He was getting his head in and, and, and getting in the way and getting the ball clear. And he's got seven goals now as well. So he's really doing the business for, for Nagasaki, uh, leading by example. Um, but I've got to be honest I thought Nagasaki were quite poor defensively I know they were 4 nil up at half time or 4-1 up or something I can't remember now it's too many goals I'm losing track 4-1 uh, 4-1 yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were really sloppy in the first half they were giving the ball away a lot quite easily and uh, there was one occasion when poor defending led to someone had a free header but Gohatano saved it really really well and um the the second Akita goal was from a bit of a mix-up in in uh, between defender and goalie Nagasaki defence. So I think they were kind of lucky that Akita's finishing was so bad because I thought 
yeah, Nagasaki on another day, Nagasaki could have well, it could have been four all at half time. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, what what did you think about Nagasaki? Yeah, I think that the the points you've you've made are really important. I think offensively, I mean, we're going to talk about perhaps there's one other team in the league at the moment who's just a little bit hotter on the attack. We're we're going to talk about them in a minute, so we'll we'll keep the listeners in suspense. But yeah, going forward, I mean. Um, yeah, I've, I've already used the word uh, rampant. I don't really know what, what what else I can add, but you're right to pick out Clayson, I think. Um, he had a hand in the first goal, didn't he? Because he slipped the ball into the penalty area for Masaru Kato, who then uh, crossed it, you know, uh, across the face of goal. And then Clayson, the, the, the kind of volleyed cross that he put in um, for the uh, for the second goal was also very impressive because his, his initial kind of he he came he came short to receive a corner with the the aim of you know putting a cross into the penalty but that got blocked when it came back to him he just volleyed it first time uh, straight back into the penalty so it was really kind of confident and um, I don't know up front and kind of brash sort of attacking style that they have I think they're really um, perhaps benefiting from just keeping faith with uh, Fabio uh, Carrile as the manager. Uh, you know, I really thought he might be in trouble at the end of last season, um, you know, because he'd come in sort of towards the tail end of, of 2022. But the, the team still didn't really look quite right. I don't think they, uh, they, they 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 weren't looking like a kind of potential playoff contender this year. But now they, they definitely are, you know, right up to third and only uh, three points off the off the top of the table. So I think keeping faith with the managers turned out to be a good a good thing. Your point about Juanma is also well made. Like I notice him more and more in the highlights for positive reasons at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, like again, obviously scored two uh, in this game, but he he was instrumental in the others as well because it was his kind of block shots that that led to the loose ball for the first goal that the Casillanagi scored. And then I think he I'm not sure if he he quite got the header down for the Kushibiki goal, but he certainly his kind of um, bowling ball like presence in the penalty. I mean, it's not often you see Akita struggling to clear their lines. Uh, from high balls into the box, right? But he, Juanma, made sure that, the, that they had a really hard time, sort of just keeping uh, keeping Nagasaki under wraps. And in the first half, they they couldn't really manage it. So it was really impressive from them going forward. But you're right. I think sloppy is a good word to describe their defending. If you think about the um, the first goal that Akita scored and pulled it back to two one, that was a kind of really quick, sort of on the halfway line kind of transition and counter. And uh, Nagasaki were were, were sliced open. Um, a bit too easily, I think. If you if you're a sort of Nagasaki supporter, you might feel. Um, not sure. Daniel Daniel might 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 not agree, but I, I think if I was a Nagasaki fan, that would be a bit worrying. But I actually think the way the league is shaping up, um, most of the teams who've looked impressive at some point going forward have also been dodgy at the back. I'm not sure there is an outstanding. Um, I mean, to be honest, before this game, if you'd asked me who's the outstanding defensive team, I probably would have said Akita. Um, you know, and but there there are many more contenders for teams that are that good going forward, but a bit. Um, well, should we say they give you a bit of a chance at the other end? So um, yeah, that's that's my take on it. I think I think Akita won't be too despondent. I know they've dropped down a little bit in the standings now in the table. They're they're eighth, but um, yeah, I think they just came up against the Nagis, uh, Nagasaki side who are banging form and were a bit too too hot to handle. And if if you let in four goals in the first half in away game, even away game, it's very difficult to to get anything. So. Um, I don't think they'll be too too disappointed. But for Nagasaki, yeah, if they can cut out those kind of lapses at the back and be a bit more solid, then, um, yeah, I expect to see them in and around the, the top six um, this season, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. They're, they're, they're up, to, up to third now, Nagasaki. It's, it's, it's looking good for them. For Akita, I, on Saturday morning, I was carrying a full bag of rubbish from my kitchen uh, to take it out, I had, we have to walk. I had to take it through the house, and uh, I got halfway to the front door, and the bottom of the bag split, and I ended up with a big pile of rubbish on the living room carpet. Mm. I was reminded of this when I watched Akita's defending for that first goal. Just the way the the Nagasaki sliced through them, mm. it was. It was just like the way the rubbish sliced through the bottom of that bag. <laughs> and what was weird is that now, leading up to this match, Akita have been brilliant defensively, but terrible offensively. Or well, not terrible, but I mean, they've barely scored. And their strikers hadn't scored until this match. And now they actually 
they had some really good attacking moves in this game, but dreadful finishing. I mean, they almost messed up the first goal because there was a poor delayed pass. But fortunately, um, it was uh, Yukihito Kajia managed to make something of it. I thought he played pretty well, actually. Mm. Chota Aoki also played well. They got a lot of hard workers, but but um, perhaps lacking in quality. But um, they did they managed to score two, which they haven't done very much. They got both from strikers, which is amazing. Um, I'm really happy for for Shion Niwa, bit of a pod favourite, but last year was a really hard year for him. Got injured in pre-season, and when he did come back, he really couldn't find form. He only scored one goal last year, and it was a really fluky one. Um, I, this one was was I, you might say it was a bit fluky, kind of mm. being the place right time. But I really hope that it's the start of a of a good run of form and a few more goals for him because uh, mm. yeah, he's a really hard working, really good striker. Yeah, well, as the uh, as the founder yeah. member and, and possibly only uh, member left of the Shionua Appreciation Society, James, <laughs> yeah, I concur with that. Yeah, it was nice to see him getting on the, the score sheet and also nice to see him back to the nat- natural black hair colour as well. I don't mm. think the blonde uh, the, 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 the blonde rinse hadn't hadn't <laughs> brought him much luck, had it up front. So, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 I agree with you. I think Akita, um, it's a funny game this because I think both sides have, you know, I think when they, they get in, got into training on Monday morning. I think there's plenty in the kind of match video to, to pick out positive and negative for both sides, I think. Mm. Um, so, yeah, interesting interesting times ahead for, for both, for both, I think. Uh, mm. Talking of um, talking of positives and negatives in the, the, the post-match debrief, um, James, we'll move on to what was probably um, entertainment-wise, maybe the pick of the, the round 11 matches, right? Fujieda 3, Sendai 2. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about the, the, the way this game finished with Fujieda kind of scoring twice, uh, you know, late on to make it 2-2 and then and then eventually win it in the 93rd minute with that kind of stunning goal from Ken Yamara. I was thinking that's probably Fujieda's best ever result. And I, I know they got they got promoted into into J2 last year and had some good wins along the way. But that beating Sendai, which is a big name, right, in, in, in the J2, in the, in the J-League world. It's an amazing, amazing result for them. And uh, I think that's three straight wins for Fujieda, isn't it? They're, yeah. they're in sixth. They're the top-scoring team in the division, uh, only a point behind Nagasaki, uh, I think. So, um, yeah, everything's going well for them and, and perhaps not not quite as well for, for Akira Ito's men uh, at Sendai. But, yeah, James Fujieda, three Sendai, two. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts? This was very entertaining, um, back and forth. Um, Sendai, still, I'm still not sure about Akira Ito. I mean, he, 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 he put, they had a great 3-0 away win against Kofu a few weeks ago, but that, that I think that's the only good result they've had this year. Well, three wins, four draws, four losses. I don't think they've really performed as well as they could. And the, mm. some of the, um, well, they, they, the last couple of weeks, I think they've had uh, Motohiko Nakajima starting up front as a striker rather than as a midfielder. Mm. He's also been captain, which is an interesting choice. Masato Nakayama, I think he might have been injured. He was back on the bench for this one. Got his first goal. Foguinho has hardly played. But he was excellent last year, so I'm not sure what's going on. Foguinho has only He's had one start and four substitute appearances. It's, it's, it seems strange to me. And also what's strange to me is persisting with uh, Hayashi in goal because he made a mistake for the first goal on this one. Not the first mistake that he's made this year. The second and the third goal, he barely moved. I mean, they were really good shots, but like, a professional goalie should at least be reacting in some way to, to good shots. He did make a really good save in stoppage time, but I'm, oh yeah, I don't see why not playing. Is it Yuma Obata, the other goalie? He's, he's been called into Japan. One yeah, Japan. that's right. He He's a bit on the bench at the moment. Yeah, I don't see why he's not being given a, a go. Um, although I will say for Ito, his triple substitution on the hour seemed to work because um, he brought on um, Kato, Sagara and Nakayama. And then um, Sagara set up Nakayama for the uh, for the goal, and then uh, they got another one a couple of minutes after that to take the lead to two one. But I think they threw it away really. Sendai threw this one away. I know Fujieda are a very good attacking team, but um, 
the way that Fujieda were able to score those two late goals was once was Sendai lost possession in midfield. And then the third, I think Sendai defender lost concentration for a second and then Yamada was able to get a couple of um, paces ahead of him. And that's why Yamada could control that ball and take that shot. It was a very tight angle. It was a brilliant, brilliantly taken goal, but he wasn't under as much pressure as he could have been had the defender been Mm. switched on properly mm. Mm. so I think Sendai kind of threw this away but Fujieda were were very good they're you know they're a, well they're the leading scorers in the league they're sixth they are they're a good team at the moment Rio Watanabe is leading the league with eight goals and but it's not just him they've got he's getting really good support from from Keigo Enomoto and Akiyuki Okoyama They've got three assists each. Tojiro Kubo doing really well. Masahiko Sugito is playing well. I um, We talked a little bit about this last week. We were surprised that Fujieda and Iwaki are, are in the positions they're in. I, was, I expected Fujieda to come and play expansive attacking football just based on what I, little I knew about them from their, their play last year. But mm. I didn't expect it to work so well. And I'm wondering how long can it work this well? And it's great to watch. Mm. So good luck to them. Good luck to, to, to Daisuke Sudo and the manager. I mean, I mm. hope it doesn't work next week because they're playing kind of power. <laughs> but after that, great. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> what, do you, what did you think of this? Yeah, I think Fujieda, I mean, we have to uh, we have to tip our hats to them. I think I agree with you. I expected um, a lot of goals and excitement uh, from them in J2 this year. Perhaps not not quite as many points as they've got. Um, at the moment, I think they they're just in this groove where everybody is playing well. Um, I think I think you've picked out it's kind of the front three who um, you know are doing you know putting in the the, the heavy lifting at one end, isn't it? Real Watanabe has uh, nine goals this season. Nine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's also scored. I notice he's he's not that streaky because he, he sometimes gets uh, doubles as well mm-hmm. you know doubles and singles so i mean obviously he's the um he's the ace he's the star man always liked him when he was at numazu uh, and i was kind of always surprised and i'm not trying to i suppose i am positioning myself as a sort of super scout here but i always felt that you know numazu are a, a, a small club perhaps not paying the biggest wages to players i couldn't understand why someone in in j2 wouldn't take a punt on him um, you know, just just as a kind of low risk transfer, if it came off or not, he seemed to just have this little bit of a, a little bit of quality, a little bit extra um, in mm. terms of his touch and his vision. And um, he's certainly shown that this year with the nine goals, and he scored a few absolute belters as well. I know, um, uh, possibly if you're being unkind, you might say he that this one was a tap in in this game, but it was from about twenty yards, and uh, you know it had to be quick. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I'm not, I think you know we um, pl- plenty of uh, plenty of J2 strikers would have made a mess of that chance, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we'll say fair play to me. And you've mentioned as well en- Enemoto uh, down the left, uh, I think, and yeah. um, the other guy y- Yokoyama going down the right. I mean, you if, if you watch the games or even the highlights, you just hear their names again and again because mm. they've often got the ball and they're just driving at the other teams, uh, you know, fullbacks and making things happen. And uh, yeah, Tojiro Kubo, we know about, he scored an absolute cracker um, to make it 2-2 in this game. Although, as you mentioned on Sendai, they, for that second goal, the the, the Fujieda equaliser at 2-2, they, Sendai just gave the ball away carelessly, kind of in just inside their own half to um, Watanabe. And he was just able to kind of basically carry it completely unchallenged um, you know, to sort of within sort of 30, 30 yards of goal. Then he just played in Kubo, who was free, who um, who, who who slammed it in. So, yeah, I think on Sendai, just a lack of uh, concentration, lack of pressure on the ball w- was the problem for them later on. And I think um, just switching to Sendai briefly, um, I think you and I, I'm, I'm speaking for myself and putting words in your mouth, but I was a bit surprised that Akirito got the chance to continue in charge this year. Because obviously he took over as kind of an emergency hire, didn't he, to try and get them into the playoffs last season. But they, they ended up slipping out of the top six pretty much on the last day. Mm. Uh, and then it's not really been, I mean, the way the table is set up at the moment, OK, I do I do get that two two wins would put them in the playoff zone pretty much. So it's not quite panic stations yet. But I think the point you made is not just losing this game, but the manner in which they lost it, um, which is, you know, conceding an absolutely idiotic goal to go behind. 
Um, you know, and then being two one up with five minutes left, but managing to lose three two. Um, I think it's the kind of result that you don't really want going into Golden Week. You know, the stretch of like three games in about eight days. Um, and we we know historically, you know, the precedent is the after Golden Week, after the dust has settled on a sort of three game um, marathon. You know, with with midweek football and and two weekends, kind of three games in a row. That is when the front office at clubs that are underperforming often do um, sort of press the panic button and want to make changes. So I don't think he's in any real danger right now. But um, if they lose too many more games from winning positions and if we get to round 13, 14, 15 and they're still 14th in the table like they are now, um, I think the, the, the pressure is going to be on him to, to improve that, I think, very quickly. Um, so we'll see. Fujieda, on the other hand, I think they just are on the verge of having the Kumamoto problem of too many of their players kind of standing out too much. Yeah. That they might even be in danger of not making it to the the winter, uh, you know, end of the season with all of these players intact. I think even in the summer, um, you can even imagine a, a Sendai, a club the size of Sendai, might be sniffing around some of these players after mm-hmm. after the weekend. So we, we'll see. I tend to think with Fujieda, just just to switch back to them briefly. Um, that first eleven is playing so well at the moment, but I do worry about the the strength in depth. And I think if they lost, for example, Watanabe to an injury, which he has had injuries in the past, um, that takes a lot of the goals out. That takes half their goals away, you know, from, from based on what they've done so far. Any injury to Enemoto or or Hayashi, uh, sorry Yokoyama, or having them sold on would would be would be. Uh, not catastrophic, but there, there isn't anyone I don't think who can step in and replace them, you know, like for like. Mm. So a, a small squad with very limited resources is doing absolutely fantastic. It's great to see them up in six. I hope they stick around there for as long as possible. Mm. Um, but I don't think they should be um, necessarily getting the kind of J1 sort of, you know, travel guides out just yet. Yeah. Um, there's obviously a lot of football to be played. And I, I think Sendai will bounce back. There's far too many good players in that squad for them to be 14th. Um, at the end of the season but yeah I think there is just a little bit of heat uh, a little bit of heat on Akirito at the moment because like I said they'd sort of won that game and then lost it and um, they haven't been all that impressive um, this season so far I'm pretty sure I'm right saying Utah Koide was suspended for this game at the back is that right um, but I'm not sure how much difference that would have made because it, it was a pretty kind of poor defensive performance as a, as a group I think so um, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Lot lots of football to be played, but um, yeah, big. And of course, it's a big golden week for every team in uh, in J two, isn't it? But I think especially for uh, for Sendai and Akira Ito, he's going to want some. Uh, he's going to need some results in the next sort of eight days or so. Mm. All right. Yeah. What one more game for us to uh, to chat about then, uh, James? I think for this uh, for this section, we're uh, we're going to stay kind of. Um, well, we're going to jump to the bottom of the the table, I suppose. Only Tochigi one. Iwaki uh, nil is the game that you um, you, you, you asked uh, for us to for us to talk about. Um, very important win for Tochigi, uh, I think they're, they're up to 16th now, which for them is uh, y- you know uh, kind of pr- pretty good, I think, at this point in the season. And they scored early on, didn't they? Hayato Fukushima just heading in that free kick from Kenta Fukumori, and that that was the only goal of the game. Although I think Tochigi. Um, more than usual, had a lot of chances to to extend that and make it to Wataru Hiramatsu uh, had chances, I think, in the first half. And Yuto Yamada um, put in a couple of good efforts that the uh, the Iwaki keeper Takagiwa uh, had to save. So, um, yeah, for Tochigi, um, you know, only one defeat in four for them. So they're going quite well. Iwaki, um, the word that's popped up in my notes here is toothless up front. Um, James, which you've mentioned uh, already about Iwaki a few times this season. So the Iwaki are still struggling uh, a little bit. They're in 19th, and that's just two points uh, outside the drop zone, isn't it? So Tochigi won uh, Iwaki nil at the, uh, the the big old Kanseki Stadium. Uh, James, what did you think? Yeah, I was surprised that Iwaki produced so little uh, in, a, in attack because usually even when they lose by two or three goals, they have a lot of shots, a lot. They make a lot of chances. They just they can't finish them. But in this match, they had, I think they had two shots on target. That was it. They didn't even have many shots off target. Um, mm. And while you were running late, so I, as, as I, I think I'm making a habit now of going on to Football Lab <laughs> while, while I'm waiting. James, this is no need. No need to uncalled for. Slippery, slippery slope. And uh, <laughs> I found, I, I just checked with it because I wanted to check the stats. It turns out that Tochki had pretty much double their average for the season in terms of shots in this match. They had, they had 
17 or something shots compared well, I, I, to Yeah, I think I saw, I saw more Tochigi chances in the first half of this game than I have in the previous uh, 10, I think. Yeah. With, with, with apologies to Matt Bruce on, you know, on Twitter, that might not be entirely accurate, but that's how it felt. Yeah, whereas Iwaki had about half as many chances as they usually have, or as they, as they average. Um, I'm not sure what that tells us, apart from the fact that maybe Iwaki had an off day, maybe Tochigi had a, an on day. I, I think Tochigi will be very pleased that they were able to hold on to a lead because that has been a bit of a problem for them over the last month or so. Remember, they, they, they lost with two late goals against Gunma and they, they dropped a couple of points with a late goal against Yamaguchi. Mm. They'll be very happy, especially having to, you know, well, I wouldn't say defend the lead for 88 minutes because they didn't really have to do that much defending, to be honest. Mm. Well, I don't think they did anyway. Um, what I do think Tochiki need to worry about, perhaps, is the lack of goals. Um, they've only scored eight goals this season, which puts them as the second lowest scorers behind uh, Tokushima. And although defensively they're pretty good, they've only conceded 11. They, you know, for, for a lot of, uh, basically, if they concede, they they've got a very difficult job trying to get anything from a game because they don't, they don't take what well, generally they don't seem to produce or to create many chances. But in this game, they created loads. They just couldn't finish them. There were a couple of good saves, but some just um, chances they should have scored but went just wide or, or just over. So, I mean, they'll they'll be pleased that they were they were um, they were creating a lot, but they should be. I think they'll be concerned that they didn't didn't do anything with it. Mm. But I think I feel, I get the feeling that Tochigi have got enough about them to be able to keep their heads above water. I think they might they might sort of stay in that like bottom third of the table and be in the relegation picture for much of the season. But I don't think they'll ever be in serious danger of going down. I think because they've they've been in this situation before, mm. uh, the, the, that club's collective memory or something, or or even just a lot of the same same squads and and staff from from this kind of situation last year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it's hard to hard to judge really. I think with 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 Tochigi and Iwaki mm. as well. I mean, they create so much, but they've only won three games. It's it's strange. What do you think about these teams? Yeah, yeah. No, I think I actually agree with everything that, that you said on, on Tochigi. I think it's just a lot of the time it feels like it's just the sheer force of like Kishoyano's will that, that's keeping them <laughs> keeping them above water, isn't it? He's, I think he's 39 now or 40, so they're not sure how much longer they can rely on that, um, you know, that kind of talismanic figure uh, up front. But I thought they were they were pretty good value for the win in this game. I, I think I, I agree with, you know, you're totally right that one narrative is Tochigi scored in the second minute and then they were hanging on. If you if you hadn't watched the game or the highlights, you did, that's an easy line to take. But it wasn't really like that uh, in the actual game itself. Like you said, Tochigi created a lot and they just couldn't, they couldn't finish. I was just racking my brains to think about the last time they scored two in a game and I'm not sure they have this year. I certainly can't remember it. Um, mm. So yeah, they 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 like you said, they just seem to be kind of set up and and designed to be a low-scoring team. On Tochigi, I think I might have hit upon their uh, the secret to their recent uh, good form uh, here, James. So um, pre- prepare for them to, to to fall off a cliff in the next few matches. But I think at the start of the season, Kazuki Fujita was was the number one goalkeeper, mm. and I'm not sure if that was the injury related or I think he is quite highly rated. I think he's been involved in the kind of youth. You set up mm. at national team level. I'm not sure what age range, what age group, but I think he's he is he, he does have a bit of a heavy heavy rep as a kind of up and coming goalkeeper. But the last month, the last four matches, he's been dropped down uh, to the bench. And uh, one of my favourites, Shuhei Kawata, has been back. Mm. And uh, it might be coincidental, but that that kind of return to for, for Shuhei Kawata has coincided with this uptick in form of like you know two wins and a draw from the last four matches. Um, so yeah, for my money, he is an underrated goalie, uh, Shuhei Kawata. So I'm, I'm not. I, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, after just saying it might be coincidental, I'm, I'm now sort of flipping that and saying it's not. I think it's all. It's all down to him. So I think Tochigi's success really hinges on having a strong defence. 
Yeah. And whilst uh, Fujita might be the uh, the future, I think Shuhei Shuhei Karata is the is the now for Tochigi. So mm-hmm. I think they'll probably stick with him, stick with him in goal as long as he's fit and can play. On Iwaki, the thing that I find interesting is they're kind of clearly struggling to get the right uh, chemistry uh, this year, right in J2. But that doesn't seem to extend to changing the formation because just going by DAZN's kind of pre-match graphic, it's always 4-4-2, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I don't think I'm not sure I've seen that change in game, or I, I haven't watched them as closely as, as maybe others. Perhaps they do change during the game, but it always seems to be a straight up four four two. Within that, players do move around. Like the the, the guy that I was looking forward to seeing um, in J two so was Riku Saga, um, who was a kind of an eye eye catching a right back uh, or right sided uh, player in 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 the kind of promotion campaign last year. So he's popped up he wears shirt number eight squad number eight so already you kind of there's a there's a question mark as to what where he's going to be um, but he's i think i am pretty sure ostensibly he is a right back uh but i've seen him play right back uh and uh, left back i think he was at left back to start this game and he's played right wing as well with somebody else uh behind him in the right back position so i think that's just mm-hmm. an example i mean I'm, I'm 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 that i'm picking out an abstract there but it does hint that maybe they're they're just not quite sure there's kind of that recognition that they perhaps need to change something um, to, to make themselves, give themselves a bit more of a foothold in games, but they're not, they haven't quite figured out what that, that might be. So um, I wonder if perhaps a formation change is the next step. You know, if you go, if you shuffle the pieces around in the four four two and you're still not getting results, um, you know, perhaps you want to change. I think what, what the worry would be for Iwaki is they were held at arm's length relatively easily in this match. Mm. And uh, Tochigi, as established, uh, with apologies to, um, to its members, they're not the strongest team. You know, you kind of expect that you're going to have a lot of possession and chances against them. Uh, and it wasn't the case for Iwaki. I think they found it quite tough going. So that will be perhaps an alarm bell going into the Golden Week period that they have had a, mm, not an easy game, but one of the less daunting away trips. And they didn't really deserve, deserve any points. Uh, yeah. But we, we, we'll see. There's still plenty of time for them to to, to get it right. Um, but yeah, I think it's a bit bit concerning. Like you said, they've only won three, and they've gone from in earlier games creating a lot of chances and missing them to in this mm-hmm. game not having many real chances at all. I think I can only remember a couple, and, and Shuhei Carter in goal was able to to deal with them uh, with a couple of camera saves. Really, I mean, the, the the ball was quite close to him on on the chances that I remember, but he just made sure that the camera noticed that he'd he'd saved it. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Pl- plenty of time for them to get it right. But I wonder how many times you can shuffle the four four two before somebody in the meeting puts their hand up and says, shall we try something different? <laughs> you know, um, we'll, we'll see how that goes anyway. Yeah, but yeah, it was good. It was good. I think it was a, a much better match, especially the first half than the just the 1-0 scoreline suggests. And I, I don't know why DAZN refused to, uh, to play it for you earlier. James, you'd yeah. be moaning this perhaps. Uh, yeah, it's like when I log into the zone, it always auto plays at F1 for some reason, um, which I've never watched. Um, so the <laughs> zone is uh, not quite, it's not quite at the chat uh, GPT level uh, of predicting yeah. by what we want to see, is it? So uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, trying to save me from myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the, the future is like, I want to watch Touch. It's like, no, you don't. Here's some F1. Yeah, okay, I guess I'll watch the F1. Anyway. It is, it, I had problems trying to watch the Akita game as well, so maybe that's it. Maybe it's Tochigi and Akita. Mm, mm, maybe yeah. I do that to myself. Yeah, we should we should move away from this topic before we, uh, before we get ourselves in, in trouble, I think. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Gunma Tochigi a couple of weeks ago was a cracker, to, to be fair. I'm just trying yeah. to rescue I'm just trying to dig you out of the, the hole. Uh, well, the Nagasaki Akita was a brilliant game. This one was mm. entertaining from the highlights, and the first I was only able to actually watch the first fifteen minutes in full. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, and, and on Iwaki, I think the fact that this was a, a game against a team near them in the table, and the fact mm. and they they were not able to to perform at all, will be um, a big worry for them. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what I think too. They didn't really lay uh, a glove on Tochigi Day in the in the ninety minutes. So yeah, prob- problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, James, uh, time is uh, against us as always. So I think if you're okay, we'll move on now to just a kind of preview uh, of what's coming up in uh, J two this weekend. Now the uh, yeah, I, I kind of this blew my mind when I checked the calendar. Golden Week is is upon us, James, isn't it? Yeah. So Saturday uh, this week. 
uh, yeah, is the start of the kind of golden week holidays. So where most uh, Japanese sort of office workers and uh, yeah students get kind of few days few days of a, a downtime and uh, yeah they can fill it with football, can't they? Because we have a full round of matches this weekend and there's a midweek football. A uh, full round of J2 uh, on Wednesday and, and J3 as well. So we'll, we'll be covering that as best we can uh, whilst trying to keep our kids under control uh, mm. next week. But let, let's talk about, let, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about the weekend. So at round 12 is coming up on Saturday and Sunday this week. Almost all the games are on Saturday, uh, April the 29th. And they're, they're almost all at 2 p.m. And there's quite a few bangers. We've got Sendai against Oita, uh, which is going to be interesting. Obviously, two teams coming off the back of uh, defeats right from the, the previous round akita host okayama uh there's yamagata hosting yamaguchi yamagata of course finally getting the uh, the monkey off their backs with that win at tokyo verdi iwaki against nagasaki now we talked about iwaki's uh, recent struggles and nagasaki uh yeah they're, they're perhaps not the team you want to be facing right at the moment mm-hmm. they're, they're banging form gunma against kofu is also at 2 p.m on saturday uh, Machida looking to bounce back from a defeat as well, of course. At the top, they're hosting a Kumamoto. Shimizu, who are just a kind of motoring now and in the groove with Tadahiro Akiba, they're hosting Tochigi. And uh, Iwata against Tokushima uh, is also at 2 p.m. on Saturday. So Tokushima still bottom, still looking for that first win. There's also one game at 3 p.m. It's Jeff Chiba uh, against Omiya in the battle of kind of uh, massive wage bills versus underperforming. Uh, players and then at 5 p.m uh, to round things off inside a mito uh, hollyhock host tokyo verdi uh, at case denki and there's only one game on sunday april the 30th james it's a kanazawa buck in the trend isn't it they have a 2 p.m home match against the uh, fujita so i'm not sure why uh kanazawa have um kind of you know moved uh, moved to sunday that obviously doesn't give them much time to prepare for the wednesday game but perhaps, perhaps you can perhaps you can shed some light on that but which games do you like the look of most um for the weekend james i can't shed any light on that i don't know why it's on sunday i'm assuming it's something to do with the stadium being used for something else um i don't know but uh i think that that one kanazawa fujeda will be interesting because it's it's both both teams got pretty good attacks. Well, Fujita got very good attack. Kanazawa's got a pretty good attack. Both teams, uh, not such a good defence. Both conceded mm-hmm. seventeen. So um, nil nil. So it's going to be a ten nine, I think, <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to Fujita probably. Um, Apart from that, there's a, yeah, a lot of really good ones. I mean, Sendai still haven't really got going yet, and Oita just lost two in a row. So they, they want to bounce back. Akita, they, they need to be able to get both their defence and their attack working at the same time. Um, but I think they'll be, they'll be uh, boosted by the fact that their attack ha- has started kind of to get, to get going. They, they, we talked talked about how good they were against um, against Nagasaki in terms of their attack. So I think they'll uh, they might be quite confident against Okayama that kind of stuttering. I mean, they how many draws in a row is it for them now? Ooh, I'm not sure how many in a row. It's they've got eight from eleven matches, haven't they? Yeah, so they, they've definitely yeah. got at least five in a row because that's mm-hmm. what the the table's showing me now. Five little triangles. Um, so they um they they need to to start pushing on. Um. Yeah, Yamagata finally won, so they'll be uh, a bit confident against the Yamaguchi team, who uh, defensively are, well, yeah. Suspect. Yeah. Mm. Gunma Kofu will be interesting as well. The two teams, um, what is that, fourth against, oh, seventh against fourth. Perhaps, I mean, we can how, how good are Gunma really? If they can get anything from Kofu. Because Kofu are, or how good a Kofu if they can get anything from Gunma? That works both ways. <laughs> um, Tochigi had uh, maybe a fairly easy time defensively against Iwaki, but um, I don't think they'll have as easy a time against Shimizu. Can they keep Shimizu quiet? Iwata were pretty impressive against Kanazawa the other day. Um, kind of no nonsense. Well, there was nonsense, but they were. Um, they were good, so <laughs> I think uh, they they should have no trouble with Tokushima. Jeff and Omiya, well, Jeff starting to kind of put a few results together. A draw, two draws and a win from their last five. 
Omia, three losses in a row, sinking. Mm. It's a funny game, that one, because ha- they, they can't both be disappointing, right? They, they're well, normally both they disappointing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, I, I think, I mean, come on, of course they can. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> well, but, I, know, uh, I, know Jeff, I know Jeff nearly won uh, on Friday night against Kumamoto, but in the first half an hour of that game, I've never seen, well, I can't remember seeing more kind of stray passes and possession given away mm-hmm. by a team as, as Jeff did. Like, they were so... Um, just poor um that i know they were they were two on up with the 98th minute so they probably feel hard done to that they didn't win by based on the first 30 minutes it's an absolute miracle that they got anything out of that game uh, but sorry james carry on yeah well i feel frustrated but i mean why why do that handball like i think my my immediate thought was oh he's got more arms than he's got brain cells that's just stupid but this is a chance for them to drag omia down further down into trouble there's only two points separating them um so you know and then Mito against Tokyo Verdi Verdi have kind of developed a habit of losing to strugglers haven't they they lost to Jeff they lost to Yamagata but then which Mito's going to turn up their win loss win loss win at the moment so it, it's going to be uh, intriguing uh, I think every game looks interesting that's the great thing about even though we've played a quarter of the season, I think we're still so many kind of there. There, a lot of teams not in the positions I was expecting them to be in at this stage of the season. Mm. So there's still loads of really interesting storylines within these 22 teams. Yeah, I think I think that's right, and I wonder now if it's almost because of the having such a long break between the end of last season and the start of this. You know, like four months, which is the longest break probably ever, right? Between mm. between a J two season finishing and starting, and kind of in the the last couple of years because of COVID, we've we've been making the point that well, teams have had like a truncated preseason, mm. or not quite. But we didn't actually have. I think my kind of take was well, this year we've had like a normal preseason, but perhaps it's actually it wasn't, was it? It was elongated. Mm. Um, you know, teams having like two or three training camps and perhaps it's just going to take a bit more time for teams to get up to speed. What I think is interesting is I don't think the two teams in the relegation zone at the moment are necessarily going to be there at the end of the season. Mm. Um, so I think we're, we're, we're perhaps going to have a bit of a ding-dong kind of battle uh, in terms of relegation. And I feel the same about the top six. You know, I'd be amazed if the, the, the top six that we have right now is there at the end. All of the teams in there have impressed to a greater or lesser extent so far, but there's no... For a, for, a, for a hot minute, as they say in the States, it looked like maybe Machida and Oita were going to pull away, but it didn't happen. Mm. And uh, now we're at the point where, like you you mentioned earlier, just even in microcosm, the Nagasaki-Akita game, well, you saw the strengths and weaknesses of two sides in that game. And I think if you look at the league table right now, every single one of those teams has shown some strengths, but they've also shown how they can be, uh, how to play against them and how they can be uh, got at, you know. So, yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating. I don't think we could hype it up any more than that, James, to be honest. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, the only thing perhaps to mention is, you know, because it's a, we've got a three-game week, we've got Saturday, then Wednesday, and then Sunday, you might see a little bit of rotation or you, you might see perhaps players... Um, you know, not playing the full 90 minutes on Saturday to save them for later, or perhaps even the way that teams approach Golden Week might be to train for three games rather than train for one at a time. So you do sometimes get weird results or, you mm. know, your eyebrow or eyebrow-raising events in the, the kind of first set of the Golden Week games. I think, to be honest, in J2, three games in a week is a, is a tough ask <laughs> for a lot of the teams. Mm. So, uh, yeah, quality can take a dip as well. But excitement doesn't. Yeah, that's the key point we want to we want to stress. Okay. Yeah. All right, James. Thanks. Thanks very much for the, the the preview for the weekend. And talking of excitement, I think we'd better leave it there, uh, James, so that we we can go and have a, a lie down and, and recover. But um, yeah, it's not quite the end of JTEP for this week. If you uh, stay tuned uh, after a quick bit of music, uh, Magic Mike Innes has a J3 update for you. There were no games in J3 over the weekend, but that's because a lot of the uh, the J3 sides had a kind of prefectural qualifying tournament commitments for the Emperor's Cup. So Mike's got a roundup uh, of all the, uh, the the key points from those games for you in a moment. Uh, yep, James and I will say uh, goodbye for now. And I think we'll be back in some form uh, next week to cover the, the Golden Week action uh, as best we can. Uh, it's going to be a tight, uh, tight, tight squeeze schedule-wise, but we, we'll do our best. 
thanks for listening uh, and downloading uh, JTET uh, and the regular, you know, the big uh, JTalk podcast. We really appreciate that, uh, especially if you're one of our, uh, you know, JTalk podcast patrons. We, we really appreciate that support um, as well. But yeah, and, enjoy your golden week, uh, everyone. And uh, yeah, please stay tuned. Uh, here's uh, Magic Mike Innes with some uh, J3 Empress Cup qualifying updates. Hello everyone and welcome to JTalk Short Corner, the mini-pod that keeps you up to date with events in J3 of the J-League. I'm your host Mike Innes and in this short episode I'll be looking back on J3 Club's participation in local qualifying tournaments for the Emperor's Cup as well as previewing the round 8 matches coming up this weekend. Over Saturday the 22nd and Sunday the 23rd of April there were no league games but Eight J3 sides took part in knockout tournaments, the winners of which will go on to represent their home prefectures in the Emperor's Cup. Playing in semi-final ties on Saturday the 22nd, FC Imabari and Ehime FC both won through and will meet each other in the Ehime Prefecture final. Fifth in J3, Imabari nevertheless went 2-0 down inside the first half an hour against Shikoku League side Lebeni Rosso NC, but two apiece from Marcus Vinicius and Sego Take plus a Dudu penalty kick meant Imabari ran out 5-2 winners. Not the slightest scare for Ehime, who brushed aside the challenge of Hisaeda FC from the local prefectural league. Four goals for Takumi Sasaki, two for Shunsuke Motegi, and two for the Mighty Mikan's young Australian forward Ben Duncan. His first appearance on the score sheet in Japan gave Ehime an 8-0 win. More semi-finals on Sunday the 23rd and in Kanagawa Prefecture, YSCC Yokohama and SC Sagamihara will meet in the local final as they both put their poor league form to one side to claim much-needed victories. Scorer of last year's J3 goal of the season, Loris Tinelli, has been no more than an occasional substitute at YSCC in 2023, but he scored both goals early on in a 2-0 win over Toho Titanium of the Kanto League. Sagamihana beat Kanagawa University 1-0 thanks to a header from Akira Matsuzawa following Takumi Nishiyama's corner kick. Over in Nagano Prefecture, Matsumoto Yamaga may have been fast-tracked to the final, but there they must meet current J3 leaders AC Nagano Parseiro, 3-0 semi-final winners over Matsumoto University. Teru Ando, Yasufumi Nishimura and Maya Sako were the Parseiro scorers. The other J3 team to feature in a semi-final were... FC Osaka, who conceded in the 10th minute, but nevertheless came back to beat Osaka Gakuin University 2-1, thanks to second-half goals from Takahiro Kitsui and Yusuke Imamura. Kansai University await in the final. There were also a couple of J3 sides competing in finals on the same day. In both cases, the J3 team triumphed and so qualify for the Emperor's Cup first round proper. Gainare Totori eased past Yonengo Genki SC 6-1. Two goals from Yuta Togashi, one apiece from Hideatsu Ozawa, Ryusei Takao and Hibiki Nagai, plus one own goal. And a Takaya Inui header from Yuki Okada's free kick midway through the second half was enough to give Giravance Kitakushu the win over Fukuoka University. In the first round, Totori will meet either Bioten Mie or Suzuka point getters, Kitakushu, the winners of the Kagoshima tournament, finalists there still to be confirmed. 
Back to league action now and just time for a quick look ahead to the J3 round eight fixtures over the weekend when there are seven games on Saturday the 29th of April. No doubting the big match of the round, it's second against third, Toyama against Matsumoto. Fourth placed Nara go to the ever unpredictable Totori. Can Ehime make it seven unbeaten in the league at home to Ryukyu? And can Hachinohe extend their club record unbeaten run at Sanuki? Iwate play host to Kagoshima. Good away wins for both in round seven. Osaka are at home to Numazu. Two teams needing the points meet at Kitakyushu, where the visitors are Sagamihara. Then on Sunday the 30th, leaders Nagano have a good chance for three points at home to Fukushima. Imabari make the trip to bottom side YSCC. And finally, can Miyazaki pick up their first home win of the season against Gifu? With all the week's business seen to then, that's it for this mini-pod. All that remains is for me to say, thanks for listening. Enjoy your football and see you next time. Bye for now.